And then she was like, did you learn that from Morales? I was like, no, I earned it from Sliwa. Oh, hey. Uh. <laughs> Big CY, AK, coming back. Man, I almost got caught again there. That was weird. <laughs> Emily, take it away. All right. We got college football corner again. And update in the Tax Slayer Bowl. Kentucky is up 21 to 10 over Clemson. So goodbye, Clemson, forever. You guys suck now forever. Whoa. And then uh, I hate. I'm, I'm very much a Clemson hater. Not a fan of and that then, uh, the rest of um, the day, you're going to have the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, Oregon State versus Notre Dame. You have the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, which is Memphis versus Iowa State. And then we have the uh, the Goodyear Cotton Bowl between Missouri and Ohio State. So this is the rest of the games for today. But coming up is the Rose Bowl between Michigan and Alabama. And my favorite thing from over the last couple of days was the photo that came out from Disneyland with Nick Saban and Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh has his arm around Mickey Mouse and uh, J- Nick Saban has both of his hands behind his back um, because I'm just sure he does not want to touch Mickey Mouse, which is why now I'm rooting for Michigan. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Har- so Saban talked about, t- told his um, players that they could not watch their, their um, tape on their own individual iPads. They had to only do it in meetings. And they it's all to protect from the sign stealing from Michigan, which is, again, an insane thing, but it's what college football coaches do. Um, and also Harbaugh talked about the Chargers opening. He was asked about the, poten- the potential of him moving to the NFL and that he has his history with the Chargers, and he sidestepped the topic. So there's a lot of drama going around this Michigan versus Alabama Rose Bowl that's coming up, and I think it's going to be a great game. So my college football corner and all the coverage of bowl season on 710 is powered by Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home over the 15-minute drive through oil change. Visit SoCal Oil Change for locations and to score game-winning coupons. Okay, thank you, Em. I uh, could go into a whole thing about sign stealing and Dabo Swinney and Harbaugh and all that, but we don't. We're not going to do that because we have more important things to get to. Quite frankly, also, the, if you're naming something after the Tony Tony the Tiger, how is it not named the Frosted Flakes Bowl? That's a whole other discussion. I anyway, can't. So, year in review, Los Angeles, 2023. This segment is entertainment based. Obviously, we talked about the SAG after SAG after strike last segment, but in more positive news. AK, take it away on your pick, your second pick for the stories of the year in LA. Barbenheimer, the July 21st release of both Barbie and Oppenheimer in the same weekend. This really fun, totally unexpected cultural phenomenon combining these two movies that seemingly had (laughs) nothing in common. Seemingly. Except they were both the rare summer tentpole movie that wasn't superhero, recycled IP, comic book of some kind sequel animated like Oppenheimer is a three-hour biopic that ain't exactly feel good at the end and Barbie could have been like and R-rated yeah Yeah. R-rated three-hour not a feel-good movie Barbie kind of a history lesson yeah Barbie could have been a two-hour commercial for dolls instead was this really original spin on the Barbie world great story great performances musical numbers it became like an event. People made parties out of their double movie days. You had megastars like Tom Cruise out there encourage him to see these two movies that were competing against his own movie. Right. Like you don't ever <laughs> see, you had people from Oppenheimer telling, go see Barbie, Barbie, go see Oppenheimer. This doesn't happen. They're both best picture contenders, almost certainly. And it did $2 billion in worldwide box office themselves. And like this is at a time when movies are still recovering from the loss. Business during COVID, movies don't dominate pop culture the yeah, same way. Yeah. 
Like, and also, we talked about before, a rough year for Hollywood with the strike already. Can you imagine how bad it would have been if these two movies hadn't come out before the strike? So, it barely snuck out before the strike. Yeah, it was right. literally the strike happened as the London premiere of Barbie uh-huh. was happening. Yeah, I mean, this became like a true moment that was really fun and hopefully something Hollywood can learn from in terms of what audiences really want. Absolutely. And em, I'm going to get out of the way here because I know you have a lot to say, but I do want to say this quickly just in general. Barbie also did something very important, which was... It reminded all of us that like entertainment is entertainment for the message that it sends, not just the image it portrays. And there were a lot of mouth-breathing loser dorks in my mentions, <laughs> including the mentions of this station. Barbie, why would I see Barbie? Yada, yada, yada. And you're thinking to yourself, you're a grown man. You probably have children in a job, and you're too embarrassed about the size of your own trunk, mm-hmm. I'll call it. That you can't go see a movie that's actually about America and life at the time. Not only was it thoughtful, not only was it brilliant, not only did it look great, it was the best musical of the year. That was my favorite (laughs) part of it. So there's that. Emily, your thoughts? The soundtrack is fantastic for Barbie. And, you know, I I think that one thing uh, after watching Barbie you can walk away with is that the last scene or one of the last two scenes in which, you know, there's the montage of girlhood and all that stuff. I think it's just like... It is the power that I think was tapped into this summer of marketing things for women, by women, to women, I think is something that has been underserved um, and has been like, (laughs) well, (laughs) no, I'm joking. It has been so underserved. (laughs) It's been incredibly underserved. (laughs) And just the, the idea that you can make a billion dollar movie, multiple billion dollar movie about girls and dolls and pink and everybody from men to women to everybody wants to go see it i actually it was funny i went to a party on the 23rd and it was like a brunch and we had like christmas movies on the background and then we put on the barbie movie and boys that i had that had not seen the barbie movie yet um just like sat down on the couch and like watched the whole thing and nice. we're cracking up and loving it it's for everybody it's just a really funny movie the thing that i think really works about the movie so great is that it is definitely like a satire of like a patriarchal society historically that is also very empathetic towards men. Yeah. Like it manages to do both. Like for people who think, if you haven't seen it, that this is a man bashing movie, it's not. Why would you all. ever think that? Because that's what a lot because of the conversation turned into. Because people are brain yeah. idiots. Yes. That's why. <laughs> but Goodness, I'm just telling you, it's not. That's not what the movie is at all. And by that, I mean the size of your brain is that of a pea, like black-eyed peas. <laughs> that's what I mean. But right, yes. Even in Barbie world, when Barbie is in charge, she never diminishes or talks down to Kens, and she just has Kens aren't it just thought of. They're not thought of. Um, all right, so what my choice is. Yes. Um, which Let's is again, hit the music. <laughs> Where is the music? It's a huge surprise for everybody. It is the Taylor Swift The Year interview. So, specifically, there's the Eras Tour, which started on March 17th, right after the Super Bowl was held at uh, State Farm Stadium in yep. Glendale, um, and ended domestically. Uh, with six nights at SoFi Stadium, six sold-out nights at SoFi Stadium. Three of those nights were recorded for a movie that then also went on to um, win, uh, not win, but get close to uh, $250 million in the opening weekend, um, has gone on to make so much more money. It's an insane thing that she did with just this tour. But if you are a Taylor Swift fan, she has not only done this tour in this year, she has also had two re-recorded albums that came out this year and uh, multiple music videos. She has given so much 
content to fans of Taylor Swift. She's finally come out of the woodworks. She's free to be um, out and about in the public eye. Um, but it also, the special thing about the Eras Tour, again, if you were not able to go, you didn't want to go, whatever, it is a nice place. It is a place that feels almost like Barbie land where you are just free to be a girl and to like girly things and to not feel diminished in what you like. Um, and I think that's the power of Taylor Swift. People underestimated her when she was 15 years old, when she came out in the country music, that she was a young girl and that the country music wouldn't care about what happens to young girls. And newsflash, young girls cared and then grew up with Taylor Swift. And this has been a culmination of how much uh, she's beloved by her fan base and I'm really happy to be a Swifty. I know people at the station don't care that I'm a Swifty or have their opinions about it, but I think that it's a time where, you know, you're able to like what you like, and I think that's very important. Speaking of bird brain dweeb losers, they were jumping on the Taylor Swift hate as well. Quick reminder, if any of you jabrones don't want to do things with cool, hot, rich girls that's fine they can do them with me okay <laughs> just so you know standing outside the club talking about ew girls are slimy you sound like a loser i just want you to know that thank you know, you. you know what's funny emily um you you mentioned yeah. her beginning as a country country singer very young i i think i've told you this before but years ago i went to dodger stadium because i was covering a game and this girl gets presented to sing the national anthem, and I'd never heard of her. She's mm -hmm. very good. I just knew she was young. That girl was Taylor Swift mm. before she was known. Yeah. And then, like a year or so later, she breaks out. And I'm like, wait a minute, why do I know that name? And then I did a Google search. I'm like, that's the girl from Dodger Stadium. Nice. So it was actually yes. pretty cool. I saw her like at the beginning perform live. And by hot, I mean popular and hitting <laughs> on the charts. Her friends, however, you know, brings yeah. all the cool people around. And let's not forget, yeah. M, this dovetailed nicely into what was arguably the story of the NFL season. <laughs> Hello, Taylor Swift yeah. showing up at Arrowhead Park every other week. And it's 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 very nice. I think that it's nice that she's, uh, you know, have has finally has a boyfriend that's hot and funny and cool and nice as opposed to her other boyfriends, which have been British and skinny and seem to want to put her in a box. Uh, Travis like lets her be jeweled, lets her be out in the public and, you know, kind of matches her level of stardom and level of comfort in the in the media eye. Obviously, of course, everyone's saying that she's the reason why the Chiefs are not as good as they have been in the past. But I don't know. Let's blame the people on the field uh, yeah. first before we blame the people in well, the stands. they're all stands. distracted. Yeah. I think we've addressed, yeah, of course, I think we've addressed of course. the demographic who thinks things like that about football already. At least I uh, But yeah, no, I think it's been a very good year. Travis Kelsey's the first football player to ever have a girlfriend. Yeah. Like I don't think <laughs> people realize this or it's to so ever crazy. date a famous person. Like it's never <laughs> happened before. Um, yeah, but I, I think it's been a great year if you you um love to enjoy girl things if you have a daughter she has great people to look up to um people like taylor swift who works she worked really hard for everything she's gotten she uh wrote writes all her own music produces all her own stuff it's all of hers and that's why i think she's well deserved as time person and she's taking agency too yes. like those re-recorded albums were about publishing oh, well, that's a whole other story mm -hmm. that was the biggest flex of all time yeah. in the record industry as yes. far as i'm concerned yeah i mean that's yeah you want to talk about messaging that's right. massive well and also i mean mm -hmm. i think it was particularly important and i believe i have this right that she ended the tour here this is yes. where the final final portion of the era's tour mm -hmm. ended she's in her athlete era as you pointed out before 
three nights. Six days to, at SoFi. Six <laughs> nights. She sold out more home games than the Rams this year, okay? That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, important. it's it's great. And then SoFi was taken over both by Taylor Swift and Beyonce yes. in like two weeks. It was insane. It was a great time for SoFi. SoFi is a great concert venue. You ever get the chance to see a concert there, it is a great concert venue. I have yet to do that. Anyway, that is our penultimate installment of the stories of the year in Los Angeles. I still have my picks coming up though. Hot and cold. More of the 2023 LA year in review. And guess what it involves? Baseball been very, very good to me. I'm the big CY. He's AK. This is Travis and Sleewa on ESPN 710. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I loved the Pop-Tart Bowl <laughs> so much because this little Pop-Tart mascot, the, the person inside the mascot was doing work. The Pop-Tart uh, marketing knew exactly what they were doing. Uh, but I'm going to play some sound. Uh, of the final send off of the beloved Pop Tart. Do we have toasters popping? What's going on? <laughs> you just saw the edible mascot. He came out of a toaster, a giant toaster, minutes before kickoff. Can you really put the frosted ones in a toaster, though? Well, here's the sad part of the story. After the game, he will be devoured, he will die, and he will be his own last meal. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I just I I love it. It plays with this like existential fear of of death. We love that. We love that with college football bowl games. Well, this is why we love college bowl games because they are silly, they are funny, they are ridiculous, but they're also sometimes fun to watch. Um, but the pop tart bowl was great. The mascot was amazing. What do you guys think? Yeah, I have no idea who played in this bowl game. Definitely watched it, and I thought that they took the level of camp to a degree that was exactly appropriate sometimes you can overdo it i actually think not to knock the duke mayo's bowl but like dousing somebody in mayonnaise kind of disgusting if we're being honest shouts to eggnog also you have a lifespan you you can only do it a couple years before it kind of becomes uh, not cool this this was pitch perfect as they say uh when it came down to actually nailing the gimmick the costuming and the execution of the bit well done all around as our imaging overseer chris morales would say they committed to the bit correct they absolutely <laughs> committed to this bit and they pulled it off i agree 100 it was great um all right so now it's time for what's cold and now time for what's cold the pistons losing in overtime <laughs> 
Uh, oh no, oh no. The Pistons lost again, but they were so close. They lost in overtime to the Celtics. I loved seeing Bill Simmons and talk about tweeting his dad and how just scared the Celtics were that they would be the finally the team that was beaten up. But the Pistons dropped their 28th consecutive game Thursday, losing 128 to 122 versus the Celtics in overtime. This is tied with the 76ers for the most consecutive losses in NBA, NHL, MLB, NFL history, including spanning seasons. So they're one loss away from history. What do you guys think? AK? I feel bad about this, A, just because I feel bad for all the players involved in the franchise. But also, I feel bad because I feel like this was at least partially my fault. (laughs) Because I'm really, I'm a big believer in the power of jinxing stuff. Sure. And like, if you put things out in the air too early, you can mess it all up. Yeah. When it looked like the Celtics were going to lose, I went to that meme generator site and I pulled up the epic handshake. And I actually created a meme that I was ready to fire off that had one arm, it said Celtics, and the other arm, it said Pistons. And then in the middle, it was making Lakers fans feel better about the Spurs loss. <laughs> like, I was all ready to go. You had that in the drafts. I had that ready to go to fire off. I feel like this – and I couldn't help it. It popped into my head. Wow. But I feel like I may have, I guess, wished this out of existence. The Celtics had played three overtime games so far this year. They had lost no, they had lost all of them, excuse me. The Pistons had played none. Mm-hmm. So going into overtime, it was looking like if this gets to OT, the Pistons don't have a chance kind mm-hmm. of deal. That happens all the time in college basketball. That's precisely what went on. But let's not sleep. The Lakers not only lost to the Spurs, they almost lost to them twice. Mm-hmm. Just saying. I know. Who's Hot and Who's Cold is brought to you by NextGen. NextGen, the official AC heat and plumbing company of SoCal sports fans. Call 833-3-NEXTGEN or visit nextgenairandplumbing.com. All right. We are now in what is going to be, because of other procedural things we're doing, our final segment for our top stories of the year in 2023 in Los Angeles. Now, we've been going chronologically. But I'm going to switch things up for this particular last one for a lot of different reasons. Three weeks ago, two weeks ago, about now, my dad was in town. I took him down to the TV studio. He got to be on air. That was great. Went and dropped him off with the consigliere over at our local hangout. And I said, I got to go. And I was, he was like, oh, what do you mean? I said, I got to go to a press conference. And he was like, really? Who? And I said, Shohei Otani. He goes, oh, get the hell out of here then <laughs> and whisked me out of the door and I went over to Dodger Stadium where everybody was there it felt like a Super Bowl level press conference situation to introduce Shohei Otani from right up the five coming up from the halos as a Dodger obviously all of the American journalists were jockeying to see who was going to ask about the dog I did not get in early enough I'm very upset about that I thought that could have been my big global star turn Obviously, I've already conquered the waters nationally. I'm joking. But I was really hoping to be the one that asked that question. I did not get it. Still upset about that. But Otani signing was obviously one of the biggest stories in Los Angeles, not just baseball, and frankly, not just even sports. AK. What a reminder and a kick in the crotch it's going to be for Artie Moreno for the next 10 years to be seeing those billboards of Otani in Dodger blue, like this constant reminder of what you couldn't make happen. Mm -hmm. Like you have a guy that's going to go down as one of the best players ever, the most unique since Babe Ruth. You couldn't keep him happy 
You couldn't win with him, and you couldn't extract any value from him when it was obvious he may not end up a Dodger, but he damn sure ain't sticking around here. Yeah, it didn't end well for the Halos. There was the clean out of the locker. There was the fact that he didn't talk to the media for six weeks. I'm talking about Shohei Otani. And so by the time he showed the stand up. stand-in for the team the photo. The stand-in for the team photo. I forgot about that. Good that call. was a real that sign. That was a very <laughs> bad, bad omen for what was going to pretend for that team. But when they showed up, everybody was there. They got the blue suits on. It just kind of felt like, okay, the big boys are here now. And – you know, varsity's plan, as I would like to say. And look, who knows what's going to happen? I've had my criticisms of what this means for the actual team, but that moment itself was absolutely huge. Um, I, I, it's hard to say that anybody can live up to that contract, but that's not even the point for a lot of fans at this stage. And I think, quite honestly, for the Dodgers as well, that's not even the point. The pomp and the circumstance were a large part of the reason why you wanted Otani to be a part of this at all. Who knows what's going to happen with the pitching? Who knows what's going to happen with him being a DH? Nobody's worried about that until people get to Camelback. Right now, getting the big shiny prize under the tree, proverbially, was a big deal, I think, for all of Los Angeles sports media, not just the competitive side. Yeah, I was trying to think about the last time a star landed in L.A. that felt this big big yeah like as an event i mean maybe lebron's close lebron maybe when shaq got signed perhaps shaq was a big before big my time here deal yeah but there ain't many there ain't and, and then especially when you take into account worldwide phenomenon and like being you know shaq and lebron are worldwide phenomenons but they're not necessarily icons in another country true like shohei otani is an icon in Japan. Right. This is massive. All right. Do we have a drum roll? Jorge, can we get a drum roll available? Maybe, maybe not. He's giving me the look that when you're standing on the mound and you can see the catcher and he signals somebody to the pitcher and the pitcher goes, mm, I don't like that pitch. The number one moment, even though we did this chronologically in LA for me, the year in review is very simple. Fernando Valenzuela's jersey retirement. Present. Decades in the making. Decades of cultural importance. Ain't no Otani without Fernando. Hey, the most up, famous Los Angeles Dodger to ever play. Do not at me about that. I will crush you in my mentions like this is the old school. That moment, another moment where I said, I'm leaving you, jokers. I'm going to the yard. That's where I went. That was important to me as a baseball fan. I'm not even Mexican, and I'm not even from L.A. But I understand the importance that 3-4 brought. It was one of those things. Guys were wearing jerseys of all types. Fathers, grandfathers, sons, families, mothers. Everybody was there. And he was so humble about it. Because if you've ever been to Dodger Stadium and you've ever been a part of any media operation there, Fernando is there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's in the building. Yeah. And even on that game day. He I was calls th- games. Right. I was standing right next to Beto Duran, the great Umberto. He looks over and he goes, see why? I was like, what's up? He goes, you see Fernando over there? I was like, what's he doing? He goes, he's watching Mexican League highlights on his phone. (laughs) And it was him and Jim Gray doing exactly that to show you the humility. That, to me, you can say Otani was bigger in terms of right now. But culturally, generationally, for everything that Chavez means and all these things mean, that, to me, was like a life fulfillment thing, well more so than just getting some free agent or whoever – in the offseason. Hold on, do we have any highlights that we want to go over? Yeah, we got it. Let's hear it. 
Fernando ready in the strike two pitch is hit back to the box, dribbling to second. Samuel on the bag, close to first double play. Fernando Valenzuela has pitched a no hitter at 10:17 in the evening of June the 29th, 1990. If you have a sombrero, throw it to the sky. Jorge just came in here to show us the throw it to the sky giveaway towel that he put over John Ireland's head, which is quite funny based on where it's hanging. But again, they not only honored him way late in advance, I mean, way late, whatever, but the ceremony was lovely. They didn't go cheap. They didn't go weak. Everybody was there. It didn't take forever. The game got along. It was a lovely day at the ballpark, Andy. I mean, he's a truly beloved person in this city. Like, he is as beloved as anybody who's been associated yeah. with L.A. sports. Like, period. Yeah. I mean, he, he is of this city. Like, I realize he was not raised in Los Angeles, but he is of L.A., and he means as much to L.A., I think, as any of the biggies, the, the Kobe's of the world, sure. the Kershaw's of the world, like the guys who are truly associated as the Chick Hearns of the world. Fernando means as much to L.A. as anybody. He also, to the Dodgers, I believe have a standard like the Lakers where they don't retire your number Correct. unless you're in the Hall of Fame. And Fernando is not in the Hall of Fame. I don't think we'll end up. His eligibility may be over by now. Sure, whatever. But there are certain people that are the exception that proves the rule. Bingo, bingo. Fernando mm-hmm. has meant so much to the Dodgers that it doesn't make sense not to retire yeah. his number. Yeah. Like, just that standard doesn't make sense. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. he had that whole Fernando mania. That, you know, that's how, like, I know for a fact that that's beca- that's how we became Dodger fans because sure. my grandpa yep. used to watch it. And then he's like, hey, you got to watch Fernando. You got to watch Fernando. He was telling my mom, my uncles, whatever. So growing up, it was like, oh, you got you should have seen Fernando growing up. And then we, you know, I, I saw the highlights later when I grew up. But, yeah, he's that type of person that it doesn't, you don't have to be in the Hall of Fame because of the impact he had. The, the Dodgers are not the, right. you can't tell the story of the Dodgers Without using Valenzuela as one of the Absolutely bookmarks, like, the Dodgers wouldn't. Sorry, Andy, to cut you off, but the Dodgers wouldn't have the footprint they do without him yes. because of how. I mean, again, we're not going to go down the line of what a lot of things and how Dodgers Stadium was built, but there was a lot of tension there, and yep. just in the community and who he was and who he is made things possible for the Dodgers to be who they are here in the city. A lot of the times here in L.A., we say, who owns the city? The Dodgers, the Lakers. That Those are the two teams that come yep. to mind all the time. And for a lot of Latinos, especially you know Mexicans, it's the Dodgers because, A, that's what you can afford to go see, but also the impact that Fernando had. And again, like George, we didn't grow up seeing him and in those times, but just going back and understanding the significance he had as a player, but also as a cultural icon and also just for for your representation. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then shout out to Mason and Beto. I got to meet Fernando because oh, Mason invited us to a game. That's lovely. And then Beto took us out to, uh, he's like, hey, let's go to the press box, see what's up. And then we're at the press box and we're waiting like by the, yeah. you know. Because <laughs> he just sits there yeah. eating a salad like everybody else and before then, the game. you know, <laughs> he comes out and says, what's up to Beto, whatever. And then Beto's like, hey, you want to take a picture with my uh, with my you know, my guys? And we I got to meet him because of that, man. So that's it awesome. Was, uh, yeah, I got to meet El Toro. So that's pretty exciting this year. The book is called Stealing Home, if you want, for oh, those dude. of you listening yes. around, um, Great. potentially around the place about Javis Ravina. 
and everything that's happened there historically. One last thing quickly, if you want to tell me that he's not, again, an international icon, the most famous Los Angeles Dodger ever, his number is retired across the entirety of the Mexican League. So get off my lawn. Coming up, <laughs> factor cap, kiddos. It's Travis and Sleeve on 710 SPN. I'm CY. He's AK. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hey, guys. Hey. I got my uh, lunch delivered uh, outside my door for my sisters. It is a uh, country fried steak. From mm-hmm. Cheddar's, so I am excited to get into that after the show's done. What is Cheddar's? You gotta tell them to get the put that back in the oven because that's not yeah. gonna last. Yeah, you gotta... uh, don't worry, it's gonna go back in the oven. Okay, it's 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 gonna be fine. But uh, we have an air fryer too, so we can air fry it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Better, yeah. Game changer. Uh, but Cheddar's is a scratch kitchen uh, here, and I guess a brand, but it looks great. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to have it after the show. So David and Joku, who plays for the Browns, um, was taking shots last night with Browns fans after they clinched a spot in the playoffs. The They ha- will go to the playoffs. They still have also the chance to win the AFC North still. Um, but this would be the coolest experience that you could get as a fan, taking shots with your favorite player after they clinch a playoff spot. So this would be the coolest <laughs> experience you could get as a fan. Uh, Yates, factor cap. Uh, I'll say facts because Njoku, I feel like, is the kind of guy that can roll up to your tailgate, and he's taking shots whether you like it or not. That is an individual that is quite large and looks like he gets what he wants typically, and so, yeah, uh, if he shows up to the party, have right at it, Mr. Njoku. I'm a large fan. I'm going to say fact as well because beyond the fun of it, it's truly that player like being one of the fans. Yeah. Like he's being mm-hmm. one of the guys, one of the girls, whoever's taking these shots. He is at that point basically fanboying with you. Right. So I, I think that's fun. I, I That's got to be up there. Totally, totally right. agree. Absolutely. Fact. I'm with the guys. Can you imagine the story? You're telling your homies like, oh, I took shots with that fool. When right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> fact. Laura? Yep. Oh, 100%. In fact, I mean, I love shots, and if I can do it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm always down for a good shot. Let's go. I'm all in. Fact. Nice. All right. So we are now in the days between Christmas and New Year's. It always oh, is a strange Kwanzaa. time. Get your Sorry? happy New Year's I said in happy quick, Qua- I said happy Kwanzaa. Oh, yes. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa to yes. everybody. Uh, but... It always feels like a little bit of a space where a lot of people are not working. A lot of people are, you know, still at home and stuff. So the days between Christmas and New Year's feel like a waiting room. Andy, factor cap. Look, man, I'll tell you right now, if you're a parent, December sucks. (laughs) December is awful. The kids are out of school. You have to occupy all this time. You have to plan for holidays. Like, I cannot wait for January to kick in normalcy to start back over again my daughter's occupied during the day (laughs) like seriously december is the worst it's my least favorite uh, month of the 12. lada i mean i don't got no kids so i can't agree to that but it is a little rough so fact because i don't know what day i'm in so you know clint hold on i'm gonna go last jorge 
Uh, no, fact. I'm with Andy. You, as a parent, you got to plan accordingly. Yes. Especially, look, look, I don't take these off because I work in the morning, first and foremost. And then second, I'm not going anywhere with a five-year-old and right. a pregnant woman, like pregnant wife right now. So, True. you know, that, it just feels a little like long, you know? Okay. I'm going to say cap. December 29th, the fourth day of Kwanzaa. The principal <laughs> is Ujama, which is, of course, cooperative economics, for those of you who are not familiar. Cooperative economics would probably involve things like, I don't know, paying our teachers more so that they're valued when our children can spend the day there. Or perhaps, I don't know, coming down on the damn parking in downtown Los Angeles, something to make people happier. It's the fourth day of Kwanzaa. I'm not going to act like I'm some inside Kwanzaa guy, but it is not a waiting room for me simply because I do feel that it is a necessary reset on the year. Now, this, again, dovetails with, once again, my very popular topic of holidays that fall on certain days of the week. We kind of got a clean one this year. Christmas being on a Monday has meant that there isn't enough ancillary break time around, but it means that inter part, it's either getting done or it's not getting done. There's not the, oh, it's a week before Christmas, but it's only Tuesday, so maybe I'm not going to reply to that email. That bleeds into the New Year's people seeking on January 15th. They're like, well, I haven't seen you back at work. You haven't answered any emails. I think the part in between is a critical part to retooling refueling and re-energizing for the next year to come up. I just need my daughter back in school. <laughs> yes. That's, Damn. That's Tell me how you really feel that's, about I, your look, daughter. My daughter and I are really close. Right. We have a great relationship. It's a mm-hmm. lot to entertain, especially when my wife and I both work. So there's yeah. like a lot to juggle. There's a, there's a lot to figure out. She can't drive herself. Right. <laughs> the fifth day of Quanta, by the way, tomorrow is Nia, which means purpose. Anyway, that's all. Right. all. So yesterday was the Wasabi Fenway Bowl between uh, SMU and Boston College. Boston College ended up winning it 23 to 14, but uh, it was a rainy one. And so at one point in time in the in the contest, an SMU player went up to the ref, wiped his hands on the ref, and then went back out to get on the line. It was great. All right. So got me thinking, you know, you, when you go to the bathroom or something in, in a public space and uh, there's options of either paper towels or hand uh, dryers and the hand dryers never really get your hands totally clean. So uh, <laughs> it always stinks when bathrooms only have a hand dryer. Uh, Andy, fighter cap. Uh, that is absolute fact because <laughs> the hand dryer also takes longer. True. So you have, you have to devote more time in there. So just, you should have the paper towel option. I'm, I'm as into the environment as anybody, but <laughs> from a practical standpoint, the paper towels are much better. I'm going to say cap because as somebody that has had a job cleaning up after people before that involved paper towels, dude, people do not care. The no, number of wannabe Kobe Bryants that are in <laughs> bathrooms yelling things at fadeaways, dispir- dis- dispersing germs everywhere <laughs> is just too numerous for me to not be super pro air dry. I get it. It takes longer. I get it. It's a little bit more annoying. But if you're at a stadium or you're at an arena, I'm sorry. The piles of crap that stack up in bathrooms just not all those people shoot and they think they're a bunch of kobe's not actually even a bunch close. of jared vanderbilt's Kobe. thank you thank you <laughs> thank you uh no, i prefer paper towels over the, the hand dryers i mean greg had a thing over at the uh illy there's a restroom over there and they have no paper towels so he was like i need my paper towels i'm with greg yeah i've you been know, in that you bathroom need your, you need your paper towels like i don't care like sometimes you you use that to like clean your face blow your nose whatever like i don't know man you need a paper towel you can use toilet paper for that nah i'm not gonna walk in the stall just get no heck no <laughs> Laura? Um, is there like an in-between? I think it depends on where you are. Like, yeah. if you're somewhere where it's like, 
Like Disneyland, I need paper towels, man. Like even though they have the hand dryer thing, but certain places, the the, the dryer is fine. So I think it depends on the optics of where you are. When I went down to, I think it's Pelican Hill. Is that the name of that place in Newport? Yeah. Pelican Hill. When I went down there for an MLB charity golf tournament, I was actually there with Tyler Whitman, who some of you will remember from the station. And he was like, uh, he goes to the bathroom. When I come back out, he comes back out. He's like, dude, you got to go to that bathroom. I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, it's an experience because it's at you know a golf club. Right. So I was like, okay, this bathroom is an experience. So I go in there and they've got three different types of hand towels. They've got the regular hand towels. They've got the disposable ones. And then they've got the monogrammed club ones <laughs> that are like that extra. They're not quite paper towels. They're not quite napkins. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Where yeah. it's like that in-between spongy stuff. They had all three of those. It was that, unbelievable. That's how I picture all the bathrooms in John Ireland's house. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Yeah, I could feel that. Ujama, though. Collective. That, you're talking about cooperative economics. All right. These golf clubs got a lot of cooperative economics. because yes, they, they got a lot going on in those bathrooms. I have one more left for you guys. Yes. So uh, I love watching movies, as I've said many times, and I really find it as a place where I like love to share that experience with other people. And it's one of my like love languages. I guess it's not on the official ones, but my it's quality time, and I really like it. So when I'm home uh, for the holidays, I like to pick movies that my family would all watch together, and I think that they would all like. Um, so earlier in the week, we watched Godzilla Minus One, and then yesterday we watched the movie The Holdovers. Amazing movie. Oh, is it good? And it's it's so good. I want <laughs> to see fan. that one. It's my second time watching it. Okay. Yeah, I think it's on Peacock now. So, um, but I have to think about the considerations of all my sisters, about the length of the movie, about if my parents will like it, all this stuff. I kind of I think very hard about what movie will work. So it's very difficult to pick a movie that everyone in your family will like. Jorge, factor cap. Uh, yeah, it is. It is hard. Like you, usually, people call me like for stuff, but I'm like, I can't recommend you the things that I'm watching because it's documentary stuff or it's things. So, yeah, it, it is difficult for sure. Yeah, I still haven't watched the messy doc. Sorry, Jorge. No, the messy <laughs> doc. What do you mean? I haven't seen that one either. I don't know. Which, are you talking uh, oh, about no, the World which Cup ones? One? Oh, Beckham. I'm Beckham. Asking, yeah, Beckham. 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 Uh, Laura. Um, definitely fact because I'm a rom-com person slash action and my brothers love anime. My dad's just all over the place. So we can never agree on a movie and usually I win, but it is time to help. <laughs> okay. All right, Andy. Yeah. Yeah. It can be difficult. I, I love the experience of when me and my wife and my daughter find a movie, we land on the right one, watch it together. Like I said, this- Like the boy and the heron. Yeah. We're going to go see that this weekend, but- it is actually really awesome seeing a movie by yourself. Oh yeah, I'm a big, big fan of the solo movie experience. Same. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can you can sit wherever you want if you want to change movies at the last minute. Plus, there's it's often like a spot, uh, and you can see two for you can thing. see two for one if nobody wants to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> there's that too. Yeah, I uh, I'm gonna go with uh, cap on this, and here's why. Because in this situation in my family, this is incentivized. This is taken out of the hands of a choice. You're playing a game to decide who watches that movie or there's some level of competition and you just got to wear the results. That to me is how you get this done. Oh, you want to pick the movie? Let's break out this Uno. Oh, you really want to make sure that this is what we see when we're at the theater? Right now, rock, paper, scissors. You know what I'm you saying? You have to like, earn it. You got to earn it. And that's that to me is the easiest way to do this because then at least, if not that, you get a rotation going, which is one person picks X year, another person picks Y year, Z year, it comes down to said person. I think that's the way to go. That's just me. Make it a game. <laughs> I remember years ago, Brian, me, my mom, and my dad, we were going to see a movie over Christmas, Christmas time. Uh-huh. And my mom wanted to see 
Lord of the Rings, which was the worst movie my mom could possibly sit through. Like, this is so not for her. But she wanted to see it because it was a big event deal. I kept looking over at it, and her face was just frowning the whole time. <laughs> her review afterwards, those hoppets were disgusting. Smart. You know, I'm not a big, uh, what do they call it, forest and wizards guy. No. Lasers and robots. Not my thing. Me. Coming up, the last dump of the year. It's Travis and Sleep on 710 ESPN. She was like, well, how did you jump out of the window so quickly? I was like, I learned that from Travis. Whoa. Oh, hey, hi. Back. Travis and Sliwa. Big C-Y. Definitely did not learn that from Travis. <laughs> the last, out of all the dumps, we've had, I mean, we've just so many dumps this year. It's a daily ritual. And the final one. Big ones, small ones, short ones, kind of all over the place ones. Sometimes there's paper towels and sometimes there's not okay i'm done with this we're getting to it um some honorable mention moments for 2023 sports moments puka nakua obviously having a breakout rookie year he's a buck 50 just thereabouts away from the rookie receiving record M, you mentioned him earlier what are your thoughts on him as the person who sees him closest on this team uh yeah i think that he one i met him at the uh at training camp and we interviewed him with him and DeMarco and Travis uh, and it was so cool to meet him because he was such a genuine guy he's like so happy for like life and for football just like happy to be there him and uh, DeMarco talked about being like Huskies for a little bit and no it's great and so I was already a fan before the season even started because I thought he's a great guy one of the best interviews of a Ram I've ever experienced and then seeing him play it was so amazing to see like the world catch up to the puka Nakua hype that wanted to recruits who'd get someone like robert woods that got someone like that plus and i think that it you know it's a shame that he likely will not win offensive uh, rookie of the year because it'll likely go to cj stroud it's probably the is always the best offensive or best quarterback if there is a good one but he deserves so many flowers i hope that he continues to be this level of success throughout the, his career yeah, also extremely important to the team. No doubt about that. Your bo- your Clippers, James Harden, does that qualify as it's, potential it's, stories of the year? It's more of a 2024 story. Okay. Because 2024 will determine, at least for this season, and maybe the future because they're going to try to keep James Harden long-term, right. most likely, what the Harden, Kawhi, Paul George era is all about. But that's really a 2024 story. Lakers won the in-season tournament, and guess whose birthday is tomorrow? LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. He turns 39 years old, which is still just, I mean, the uh, look, one of the things I say about LeBron all the time, particularly for people like people who live in specific towns that LeBron plays in, and I think also, I'll say this flat out, particularly non-black people don't really have an understanding of just exactly how motivational and impactful LeBron James as an existence is. Never mind a basketball player, never mind an NBA superstar. Every single thing that this person has set out to try to do has been accomplished on some level, and he has literally overshot the hype by a factor of 100 and hasn't made any mistakes on the way. Don't tell me the decision was a mistake. A bunch of kids got a lot of stuff well, that day, and it changed the entire look, conversation. Let's just say this. if the mis- I think some of the execution of the decision was a mistake because it clearly landed in ways they didn't expect. I blame it all on Jim Gray. Well, he didn't help. <laughs> but if that's the biggest misstep of your life 
in the public eye since you were like 12 years old, if that's the biggest mistake, yep. you've done things really, really right. The other thing that's amazing about LeBron, you know, he came to L.A. in part to lay down roots for what comes after basketball. Sure. I don't think that is deniable at all. Doesn't mean he doesn't care about the basketball, but that is part of it. He's actually living his post-basketball life while playing basketball. Yep. It's incredible. Greatest American sportsman of his generation. So it is close. It is our personal New Year's Eve. M, we talked about, we were talking in the break earlier here about weird sort of like uh, traditions that we do on New Year's Eve. I used to do one where I would write a letter to myself and then keep it. And then the next year you write a letter to yourself. And after you've written that second letter, you reopen the first letter to see how far that you have come in that time do you do any weird stuff like that even though i know em you are a pancakes the next day person are there any like <laughs> sort of you know sort of larger things that you do just personally or with your family hmm. <laughs> honestly She's like, hmm. not really no. i really hate new year's eve i really hate new year's eve wow. it's my least favorite holiday wow. i think it's wow yeah, I, I I, I'm a very much a who cares to New Year's Eve. Okay. I think it's kind of hyped up. Okay, sorry. So growth, growth, and <laughs> growth, and you know, ex, exfoliation of energy, not not really a part of the hemo yeah. lifestyle. Yeah, no. Lauda, you. So I used to do um, where we would write like little little tidbits of whatever happened in the year that we wanted to let go and kind of throw them in you know a bonfire if we were doing that or just kind of burn it on a candle mm -hmm. but during the break we were talking about typical and i will say latino just because based on what we talked about sure. <laughs> and he's like yeah no um I, latina i've never heard of any of this you know stuff what I mean? about like uh one of my friends when we used to go to her house uh, her mom was very big on eating the 12 grapes at midnight. And every grape means you have a wish for that month. We also, she used to do the running around with the empty luggage so you can travel. Um, I'm doing the color of the underwear this year. I'm oh, wearing right. like the yeah, yellows for yeah. money and prosperity. So there is a lot of little weird things in the culture that we do. I'm not sure if anybody else, Briones, I don't know if you do any of them or nope. heard of any of them. But <laughs> I'm like Emily on this one. Who cares? It's just another day, another new year coming in. Just get ready for it and take Grinches. it as it comes. That's wow. It. Yeah, no cares? purpose. No, no, hey, no direction, no goal this, setting. No. I'm a big... You know what I am? Big, big, big I don't big need on? the new year to do that. Exactly. Facts. Like but I'm very big a on a vision board. Yeah. Like, I love vision boards. You don't have to do it at the beginning of the year. You can do it anytime to M's point. But I am very big on vision boards. What wow. kind of what kind of grapes do you guys use? I saw this recipe for like, have you seen those champagne like, raisins, sugar grapes? Are you familiar with this? <laughs> raisins, this fool. Do you know, do you know, do you know, have you ever, do you know what this is? Prosecco grapes? Have you ever had these? No. So what you do is you put, I've had them. You put in a bowl your grapes, green grapes typically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You pour Prosecco mm -hmm. in there. You let them go overnight and you freeze them. Oh. Okay. And then you take them out and then you put the sugar and you wet them a little bit and you douse them with sugar. You put them back in the fridge and when they come out, they're like these frozen ice balls full of Prosecco and grapes. They're amazing. Yeah, so they're mm. an alcoholic popsicle. Correct. Oh. But they're grapes. They're not on a stick. Right, but same, same concept. Right. Grown-up <sighs> popsicle. So I'm going to Vegas tonight. <laughs> I'm getting in very late. And so tonight, Speaking of alcoholic to, popsicles. Yeah, exactly. right? hey. tonight is not a party night per se, but I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, I think the bottom line is I'm happy to be able to ring in the new year with family and my cousin, Dwayne, Aww. he's my closest, like he's my closest age and closest friend cousin. And he also used to live in Los Angeles. 
fun story that when I first decided I was going to move here, this was many years ago, he had just moved away. And that's part of the reason why I moved here to begin with is that I used to come visit him a lot as well as do work things. And he was like, he called me one day. I was eating, I was eating ramen right around the corner from here at uh, whatever the place is right down there. And he goes, I got some news for you. And I was like, I got to go first. And he was like, okay. And I was like, I'm moving to Los Angeles. And he said, I am too. And I was like, ah, so we got to spend the next two years together. So this will be the first time I've seen him. Not since he, not since he moved, but the first time I've seen him like on the West side since then. So I'm very happy. about. Very that. cool. Yeah. New Year's should be a good one in Vegas. I hope to take many elevators to many top floors and also go inside a couple of buildings, if you know what I'm saying. So it should be fun. Um, also, just want to thank everybody here at ESPN Los Angeles for what I'm just going to call a quality year. There's been a lot of things that uh, have sort of been changing. I think the culture of the station has been something we're still trying to learn all who we are and how that's going to go. Does anybody have any quick things they want to say in 30 seconds or less? Thank you to all the listeners. I mean, we have mm-hmm. high mm-hmm. engagement listeners. I don't know how many, I don't know how many radio stations have like three or four different communities on Twitter specific to whatever shows. Sure. That's awesome. So thank you. Real quick. And uh, a Reddit page. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, really quick to Andy's point. Definitely shout out to all the communities and everybody who makes what we do possible because if people didn't listen, we wouldn't be able to be here. Shout out to the circle who always shows always. up. Yep. And represent. Gracias. Um, no disrespect to any other community, but shout out to the circle. All Feliz right. Año. For Travis and Slee, for AK, for Lauda, for Jorge, for Emily, for me, the big CY. Guess what? It's ESPN 710, and it is a final! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>